The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay. So the last few weeks I've been exploring this um, understanding in the Buddhist teaching that the sense of self that we experience is a form of delusion. And, and it's, it's a delusion in, not in that there's not something happening there, but it's a delusion in that the, what we think it is, what we think of as the sense of self, is not what we think it is. We typically think of the sense of self as, as being a thing, as being some kind of enduring um, entity or continuity, of some kind of enduring thing that is always here, that's been here perhaps since before I was born, but at least since I was born, and is, is somehow traveling in this life as a thing, as a, as a being. <laughs> so there's this, this notion of... Uh, of a, of a kind of a, an inherent um, thingness or beingness or something like that to what we think of as our sense of self. And this is a very, um, it's, it's a very human notion because pretty much everybody, um, at least healthy humans, I would say, have this sense that I am here, that I exist. And so it's a, it's a very pervasive kind of sense. But what I'll point to, I'll, I'll, I'm going to review a little bit of what I've talked about in the last few weeks to, to kind of set the stage. Um, what I'll point to is that, the, that what is happening in terms of our sense of self is that we are misattributing experience that is actually changing and, and dynamic and uh, conditioned kind of a flow of experience or conditions coming together, we are attributing some experience to being something that's more stable or solid than it actually is. And so in a na- there's a couple of analogies that I've offered that I'll, I'll review. And one is the analogy of the river. That we can have an idea about a river and we can go back to a river and it's usually there, so you know, there's, something, there's something there, there's something that we can identify as a river. And yet we can't really say any one thing is the river. Is it the water that's in the river that's the river? Well, no, because the water is continually flowing. It's never the same water. So the water is not the river. The riverbed, perhaps, maybe we could think of the riverbed as being the river. Well, but if the riverbed is dry, do we think of that as a river? It's something else. And besides that, riverbeds can change. In fact, the, the riverbed itself is flowing downstream with the river. The, it's, 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 it's being carried downstream. The riverbed is changing moment after moment. It's slower to change than the water that's flowing. But it's also not stable. And if there's a big... Um, deluge of water that goes through a channel, it can dramatically change the course of a river, uh, of the riverbed. So the riverbed isn't really, it's not a thing that's stable that is the river. And so there's no, there's not really any one thing we can point to that is the river. It's, It's kind of an idea or a concept that we have that's useful, 
that's useful. We can, we can talk about the river. We can tell people well that where the river is and that if you go this direction, you'll get to the river. So there's some usefulness about having this notion of river. But it's not, it's not a thing that's stable that's going to be always the same. And in a very similar way, our sense of self is it's more of, an, of, it's, it's more of a sense of an idea or a concept that this is who I am, this is what I do, this is how I respond. And there's some, there's some kind of familiarity of that, some kind of familiarity about how I re- relate to the world. And so it feels like there's a kind of a stability there. But when we start to actually look at what is it that I think of as me? And try to turn and look at that. Like I was suggesting around the river. Can we really point to what we think the river is? Can we, can we say this is the river? And if we try to do that with our sense of self, we turn and say, okay, well, what is this sense of self? What I- who am I? You know, we start asking that question. Who am I? What is this me? What we find is that it's very elusive. It seems so obvious, it seems so clear until we start to actually look at it. And what we discover is that what's going on is there's a lot of things happening that in a moment we might call me. Like for instance, um, there's things happening around emotional responses. You know, so I'm angry or I'm confused or I'm frustrated. Are we the anger, the confusion, the frustration? Well, no, because we see that those things come and go. How about the body sensations? We start seeing there's body sensations happening. And we start looking at that. It's like, well, those too come and go. Well, you know, so, so at any moment, like right now, what are, you, what are you thinking of as yourself? Is it the one who's remembering? Is it the one who's listening? Is it the one who's sitting? What, what are you thinking of as yourself in this moment? And then begin exploring. What, what is it? For myself, as I began to do this kind of exploration, one of the things I realized is that what I took to be self a lot was that there were some particular familiar feelings. Like I would say, well, this feeling, this kind of way the the inside of the body feels right now, that's really familiar. that, That feels like me. And yet, a day later or even an hour later, those sensations feel different. It's not the same pattern of sensations. And yet it's also a familiar set of sensations. It's like, well, well, that's me. And so it's, it's almost like what we take to be me is sets of conditions that come together, that have come together, that, that have been coming together in our life many times and that are very familiar but there's not a lot of stability there. There's not, there's not anything that we think of, well, that's me. We'll see, well, it's there for a little while, but then it goes. So it, it, it changes like the river changes. And yet we can still, we can still point to something or, or say something about this sense of 
this being here being different from that being there. That there, there's, some, there's something here, something happening here. What's happening here is, is a process that has some kind of a continuity to it, a process that is, has a, a kind of a flow, like the river has a flow to it. There's a, there's a kind of a um, experience. One experience leads to another experience, leads to another experience, and there's a, a kind of a, an, a, a logical progression or a flow of conditions in a life. So, for instance, you know, the thoughts that happen in my mind now are related to things that this being has been through. This body has been involved in, you know, certain activities and certain learnings and different experiences. And what's happening now in this being is related to all of that. So there's something, there's something happening here. And there's not particularly a confusion in my mind that what's arising here is related to, 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 to the process of Andrea. It's related to this process. That's like, I don't confuse that the thoughts that are happening here are somehow coming from you. you know, there's, there's distinct, there are distinct processes. So it's like they're different rivers, right? And we don't confuse the rivers, even though we can't really say the river is a stable, solid thing. So there's more of a process. The sense of self, what we take to be a sense of self as being something solid and stable is something that's happening that is a process of mind and body being tumbling on, mind and body kind of happening. That, that you know, our, our body, our minds, they are... Um, there are processes at work in our in our bodies and minds that that kind of take care of carrying us through the world. We see things, we hear things, we think about things. These are processes that our our human organism manages, let's say. And there's some part of that process, a part of that that process of managing our experience, that. Uh, also then congeals or creates a sense of this is me. So that, that notion of I am or I am a thing or a being is, is a part of this human process. It's a very natural part of the human process, in fact. What's, what's an issue about it, not that, not that we have a sense of this kind of, uh, hmm, I don't know exactly what to call it, but maybe an independent stream of experience that's different from each of the independent streams of experience, that there is something here. It's, 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 it's useful to recognize that there's a difference between the process that's happening here and the process that's happening there. So it's, 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 not, it's not useless, but the, the challenge or the, the difficulty comes when we believe it to be something that it's not. That's where... We we tend to be uh, we begin to um, cre- we begin to experience things and create ideas about who we are, what we are capable of doing, and then it's the ideas of who we are. Those those ideas begin to limit us. 
they, they, they begin to be, they, they begin to be how we, we recognize how we take in the world. And so the sense of self, while it can be useful, can also be very limiting and also can be one of the key ways in which we uh, set ourselves up for um, for struggle, for suffering. Partly because, and, and, the, and I'll get I'll get to the some, something the Buddha talked about here. And partly because we think we have ideas about what we should be able to do as a sense of self. You know, what, what, we, what we think we should be able to accomplish to do. And, and when we aren't able to do that, we feel like we failed, perhaps. Like we're not, we're not uh, successful human beings or successful at this thing. Or we feel somehow like we've been betrayed by the world or somebody else is to blame so we, um, in, in having this idea of uh, a sense of self, often that sense of self, one of the key ways, in fact, that the, the Buddha pointed to that we um, think of a sense of self is that there's some measure of control that we think we have. That the, I'm the one who controls my experience. I'm the one who can choose what I'm going to do. I'm the one who gets to decide how to move my body. You know, so there's, there's some, there is a, a kind of an agency in this human system. Like I can, I can decide to pick up this glass of water. I can, I can do that. There is some measure of control that's possible. And, and what we do is we, misat- we misattribute that sense of control as to being someone or something, some entity is kind of back there steering the car or driving the bus or making the choices. As opposed to there just being a process at work that allows a recognition of conditions. Like for instance, the, the picking up the glass of water. What might happen here? in terms of conditions unfolding. Uh, been sitting here for half an hour meditating and uh, uh, n- need to speak. So this, this, these are conditions at play just based on my life, what I've chosen to do in my world, to be uh, a speaker in front of rooms like this. And, and so here I am, I'm sitting here, I've been sitting here for a while getting ready to speak. There's dryness in the mouth. There's the condition of dryness in the mouth and, and there's the, the recognition of um, the uh, slight discomfort in speaking with that much dryness in the mouth. And so a sense of wanting to relieve that discomfort arises because this is a very natural process in our minds that when there's discomfort, there's movement to want to relieve discomfort. It, this does not take a, a, an eye to do this. It is, I mean, even very single-celled organisms have this movement towards things that are pleasant, away from things that are unpleasant. So there's a movement to relieve that discomfort. And with that, there's an intention born to have a drink. The intention then conditions the movement to follow through on getting the drink. 
all of that is, is kind of, we, could see, we can see that all of that can happen without me needing to be the one to actually be in charge. In fact, I have definitely taken drinks without even thinking about it, without being consciously aware, I am going to do this right now. So that, that, um, that there is this agency that we have, that we can make choices in our world and choose to do things. But again, we, we misattribute this, um, this agency, this process of being a being that can make choices and, and uh, choose to engage in the world in a particular way. We misattribute that to be something solid or stable as opposed to being a process of things coming together. So the, um, the, the sense of control is one of the big areas where we think that's me. It's one of, the, uh, one of the key ways, and the Buddha highlighted this in one particular teaching that I'm going to share with you. One of the key ways that we uh, attribute a sense of self. You know, so, well, if, if I don't exist, who chooses to drink that water? If I don't exist, who chooses to speak right now? It's conditions that come together. It is history of, of um, choices from the past bearing fruit in this moment. Conditions of the present impacting the process. That's, it's conditions coming together, creating something in the moment. So an exploration of control, of this notion of control, is one of the ways the Buddha said we can begin to see through this delusion of self. Now, one of the things I'll say here is that I'm, I'm not going to ask you to believe in this teaching of not-self. But what I'd, I'd like to encourage is an exploration of what it is that you think of as self and begin to be curious about that. And this is a key um, tool. So instead of like trying to adopt some kind of belief, this is one of the things that for me is very congenial about Buddhist practice. Instead of trying to adopt some belief that no self is is true or something like that, like this, that what feels so real is an illusion, instead of trying to adopt that belief, begin exploring what feels so like me, what feels so real. Begin exploring that and begin seeing, is it, what is it? And is it as solid or as stable as I think it is? And so one of the areas to explore this around is this sense of control, because this is a big one. It's a big area where we think of as as I or me. I mean, if, 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 uh, if I'm not choosing how to act, why, how would anything ever happen? So the Buddha points to this area of control and encourages us to look at various aspects of our experience. He kind of breaks up our experience in different areas and, and um, he has a teaching uh, where it's, it's, it's called it's called the five aggregates, but it's basically the Buddha saying, here's five groups of things that happen in this body and mind. And anything that happens in the body and mind, we can, we can put into one of those groups. 
So it's, it's, like, it's just like breaking the pie of our human experience into different categories so that we can start looking at these different areas of experience. And the teaching of the five aggregates or the five groups, five sets of stuff that go on, that it's framed in terms of processes in one way, in one way of exploring it. So there's a process of body, this being of body, um, the physicality of the body. And we can see that this is, is a process itself. I mean, thank goodness I don't have to be in control of the body. I mean, when I cut my finger, I don't have to figure out how to, how to knit the cells back together. The body does that process. When um, I didn't have to figure out how to grow from being a baby into being adult, the, the body kind of grew, it did its growing process. So the body is a process. The, the body is, a, is an aspect of our human experience. And the body, along with all the feelings, the sensations, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the taste, the touch, all of that is, is the body experience. And any experience, the sight, a sight, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fleeting thing. You know, We have the sight that's happening right now, it's actually changing very rapidly, but um, seems to be kind of stable, but it's not going to last very long. We'll get up in a few minutes and, and walk out the door, and there'll be different sights. Sounds are continually changing. So there's nothing stable in this process of, of, of body. And then there's, um, in the area of the mind or mental processes, the, the Buddha divides up the mental realm in various aspects. And he, he says, well, there's an aspect of mental process that is um, the feeling process. There's a part of our system that feels whether things are pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. This is a particular way of dividing up experience. Um, there are different ways, and the Buddha divided up experience in different ways at different times. And so this is just one of the ways to divide up experience. So there's the feeling process. That whatever's happening in our experience, there will be some processes that recognizes it as pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. And this ends up being a pretty important process in our lives. You know, this, this, is, this is grounded in evolution. It's, it's grounded in, in, in life. This process of noticing pleasant food, <laughs> head towards it. <laughs> Unpleasant, noxious, move away from it. So the, 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 the uh, kind of the evolution of life has kind of depended on this system that checks in and, and kind of always is knowing pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. So that's another process the Buddha pointed to is this process that recognizes pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. Then he, another process of our minds is a process that recognizes experience. So, you know, navigating our world, we have to, um, f- from the time that we're born, we begin learning what things in the world are. Probably one of the first things we learn is mom, you know, what mom is. And, and we, we begin to learn objects. We begin to learn sounds and what they're associated with. So all of this, um, you know, the, 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 the recognition of what's going on out there is all learned based on experience. So this is the, the process of recognizing 
experience. We don't come into the world knowing what chairs are, what walls are, what floors are. We have to learn this. And so the the process of perception is also not a static thing. It's, it's, it's something that has been conditioned, that has been created. So this is a, a, another process the Buddha points to, is this process of recognizing. And this process of recognizing is very dependent on our conditioning. What we've learned through our life. How we've learned. So what we recognize, how we recognize it is another process that the Buddha pointed to as an important process in our human system. These are kind of the processes by which we meet the world. So we've got our body. Our body's meeting the world. It's partly filtering in the pleasant, unpleasant. That's partly how we're feeling all of that. Then there's the, the perception. We take in experience through all of our bodily experience, through our eyes, through our ears, through our nose. And through that, in, those sense impressions... The process of perception recognizes and categorizes and understands what's happening out there. So that's a pretty important process, too, to navigate our world. These are, these are, these are processes that we come into the world with. It's, they're, they're fabulous that they, they let us live. They, they actually, you know, they're part of how we can survive as human beings. A third process is the process of knowing. Like it's kind of a simpler form of, it's, it's the barest, simplest kind of recognition, essentially. It's not recognizing what a thing is or what a concept is, but more it's recognizing this is a sight, this is a sound, this is a smell. It's, it's just kind of at a sense, impre- at a sense base. There's just this, this bare recognition of stimulus coming in. So this is another process the Buddha points to, is this process of, of knowing. The, 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 the last process, the fifth process, is a process of, let's say it's a process of engaging. It's a process of responding, of intending and acting. The Buddha pointed to this as another process in our system, a lot connected to this factor of agency in the mind that um, as living beings um, we are designed to receive information and um, uh, take that information in and kind of decide what direction does this being go next. So there's a kind of a, a movement of intention and choice there. That it's a this is a huge area of our of our inner life. Um, this area it's called it's called mental formations, and it includes all of those things that go on in our life that relate to thoughts, emotions, moods, states of mind. And so anything like anger or frustration or calm or peace or a thought or a belief or a view, an attitude, all of that comes into this realm of mental formation. So this is a very big bucket. This is huge. Pretty much most things that we experience, 
will probably be either body or this, this area of our mental experience, the, this whole big category. The three of feeling, perception, and consciousness, those three um, are kind of like how we take in the world. Those, those three, of we, we know something, we feel it, we recognize it. And then some part of our system decides what to do with it, how to feel about it, what to think about it, all of that. How to, how to direct our body to be with it. So, so these, are, these are the processes in, at work in our system. And the, and the Buddha says that anything that happens that we experience, we can begin to recognize as being one of these things. There's nothing that happens in our experience that would fall outside of one of these five categories. So this is, this is like the landscape of human experience, these five categories. And as I said, there's different ways to divide up the pie, um, but this is just one way. So we take our realm of human experience and we look at it from, from this perspective of these processes at work. And of these processes, the Buddha suggests that we explore because we have a sense, in a way, of control around these processes, and, and he says, so body, he says, body is not self. If body were self, he says, the body would not lend itself to affliction. And it would be possible to determine of the body, let my body be thus, let my body not be thus. But because body is not self, it is not possible to say of the body, let my body be thus. Let my body not be thus. So this is pointing to that area of control. And any place we look in our experience, whether it's body or any of those other mental process areas, there may be some element of control. Like I could just now adjust my posture. I'm having some pain in my back that um, uh, I'm needing to adjust my posture so that it doesn't create some numbness in my back. Um, so the, the, there is some agency there that, that, that there can be a choice made to adjust the body. But there's not, and the Buddha points to, there's not ultimate agency there. So it's not, it's not that there's, not, there's, there's no agency happening, but that agency is not me. It's not I. It's not who I am. The agency is, again, it's a, it's a part of, actually that agency is, is an aspect of that bucket of mental formation. It's a, it's a piece of the process by which the, the, my, the, the, the pain, the discomfort in the back influences the, the desire to shift posture, which creates the intention to move, the, the, the decision to move, and the movement follows. So there's, um, there is some element of uh, choice that, that we have, but it's not in the way that we think of it. And the Buddha points to this because we, we, um, we can begin to see that if, if indeed... Um, I, I, I was, there, there, is, there was a self, that, that there was, you know, that, that the body was the self or that the mind was the self. This one, this one can be interesting too to look at. So, 
So consciousness or or consciousness is not self, or, or the state of our mind. Let's talk about that. The state of our mind is not self. Because if it were the state of our mind were self, and this is also an area that we really tend to attribute a sense of self to. It's like, yeah, I am the one that's feeling this thing. I am this experience. I am a depressed person. I am a miserable person. I'm a happy person. Whatever, whatever we tend to congeal around in terms of a state of mind. The Buddha says that, you know, with this notion of controllability, um, we typically think of a sense of self as being something that can control. But this begins to burst the bubble of that notion. Because if we, if we start looking at the state of our mind it's pretty quickly obvious that we have very little control over the state of our mind. My, would it be, <laughs> wouldn't it be great if we could say of our mind, may my mind be thus, may my mind not be thus, may this depression vanish forever. We don't have that kind of power over our minds because the power of conditioning is so strong. That doesn't mean that there's not a way to begin to shape the mind in a new direction, which is all of what our practice about, is about, essentially, is using this power of shaping, this power of, of uh, the, the capacity of our system to recognize the shaping of the mind, that that we can begin to shape the mind in a new direction. But we cannot simply say, anger be gone. Confusion disappear. Happiness appear. We cannot say of our mind, may my mind be like this. And so it is not, if we are thinking of self as being something that is controlling Our, uh, we, we, we begin to, it, it's fairly quickly obvious that very little of our experience is directly controllable. The body, you know, we, we fall down and break a leg. We can't say of our leg, may it not be broken. The conditions happened and the leg is broken. It, it will heal given proper care. It will heal over time through the process of body healing. But we cannot say of the body, may my body be thus. And so we might, that this is one, just one way, the sense of control is just one way that we think of the sense of self Another very powerful way that we think of the sense of self is, um, okay, so I can kind of see that I'm not in control, although it does feel like I'm in control some of the time, but we'll set that aside for now. But okay, so I'm not sure about this. But, and again, I want to encourage you to investigate. That's what I'd like to encourage here, is, is what, it, what is it that you think of as self and begin to explore. And so in this situation, my sense is the Buddha was talking to somebody. He, he very often tuned his teachings to what, was, what somebody's beliefs and views were. And so my sense is here in this teaching, he was talking to somebody who had basically said, you know, 
I exist, I know I exist because I make choices. I, I can choose to control my life. And the Buddha says, well, how about this? Can you control this? Well, no. Well, how about this? Can you control? Well, no. And is it fit to call that self if you can't control it? Well, no. <laughs> so, 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 you know, he's having a conversation with somebody in this, in this teaching. And so he's asking people, he's asking us to observe. What is it? And begin to investigate. So this is one common way that we think of as self. And so it's not the only way. As I began to really recognize, yeah, out of control. It's like, I do not control that fear arises. I do not control that knowing arises. I do not control how my mind perceives things. I can sit here and just see things happening. But boy, it sure feels like it's happening to me. This is another form of self, a sense of self. So there's a sense of self that feels like it's in control, the agent. And then there's a sense of self that feels like, well, if I'm not in control, I'm, I'm the hapless one that things happen to. And so that, that's actually, I th- that's a subtler form of self in a way. This sense of being the one to whom things happen. And so that's, that's, that's again, it's, it's useful to observe that. At one point in my, in my um, um, teaching, I, I went to my teacher and I said, yeah, I see. I see that I'm not in control. I, I do not do the knowing. This is, it is happening. But it feels like it's happening to me. And he said, just keep noticing that. Be curious about the, me, the feeling of me that things are happening to. What is that? And we begin, to, we begin to see that even that feeling of me feels different at different times. Sometimes I feel like I'm the me that's a daughter, that the mother-daughter relationship is happening to. Sometimes I feel like I'm the me that's a, that's a, a teacher, that the teacher uh, thing is happening around. Sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm the me that's a driver. So there's, there's many, there's many, Things and, and like when the me that's a, that's a teacher is around, where's the me that's a daughter? You know, it's not, it's, 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 a, it's kind of, we've taken up some version of a familiar identity as me. So be curious about that. At one point on a retreat, I was, really, I was very curious about this because I had a very strong sense of me being a, you know, a, a very intelligent and uh, clear-minded uh, person. And um, uh, I was on a retreat, and there were this opportunity for questions in the morning, and somebody was asking these questions in the morning, and, and I got so annoyed at these questions. And, and, and so I noticed the annoyance, and I noticed that this felt like me, you know, I was clearly identifying, in that case, I was very interested in what, what am I taking to be me? And in that case, it was like, well, I'm the 40-year-old person who knows what, what, what things are about, and I'm the person who knows the kinds of questions that should be asked in the morning, you know? So, so this, this, was, this was the sense of me. And as I was watching that and feeling that, I was suffering about it a lot. It was painful. It hurt. Um, and, and I was observing it and watching it and feeling it and noticing what was going on there. And I was doing walking meditation while I was watching this whole process. And, and um, a truck drove up next to me on the driveway. 
And within a split second, my mind shifted to, uh, it kind of it did, the, I'll, I'll say what happened in the mind. It, it kind of shifted from being this like, oh, that person shouldn't be asking that question. Oh, this is this feeling of this, I am this 40-year-old, to being, it's like, oh my gosh, it's a truck. Wow. And just like sitting there listening to this like delight. It's like I felt like a two-year-old in that moment taking in the bang and the, the, the air brakes and the squeal and the loud noise. It was just like, just, I mean, I could have had another reaction. I could have been really pissed about the truck, but I was just, you know, I was just noticing what was going on in that moment. And what was happening in that moment was just like a two-year-old experiencing a truck for the first time. And that felt like me. And what was so interesting about that moment was the instant vanishing of what I had been so sure was me in the moment before. It was gone. And there was a new version, very clear in that moment that what I had taken to be me as this 40-year-old, that, that was a conditioned process. It was, it was a version of something that goes on in this mind and body. It was, a, it was something that happens in this mind and body a lot of the time. This version of uh, this, this, uh, this sense of this being a two-year-old, that was pretty new. I hadn't experienced that in quite a while. So it was kind of a startling experience. So what is it that we're taking to be me and mine and begin to be curious about it, investigate it, look at it, explore it? That's what I'd really like to encourage here. Not to try to adopt some belief that I don't exist, but to be curious, what is it that I, th- how do I think I exist? And begin to, to, to look at it. What is it that I'm taking to be me? What is it that I'm taking to be I? These are two versions, uh, two, kind of two flavors of self. The Buddha talked about, or he actually pointed to three. He said, um, we should recognize that of whatever's happening, this is not me. This is not mine, and this is not who I am. So there's the, the I flavor of, of I, and I take the I to be, you know, the I, if we think about I versus me, I is the subject of the sentence. I is the one who engages. I'm the one who does. I'm the one who acts. I'm the one who thinks and controls. The me is the receiver, of experience, the one who feels like we're just taking things in. So there's t- those two flavors. And then the other flavor the Buddha pointed to is the owner, the one who owns things, this mine, this thing is mine. So exploring, what is it? What is the flavor of the moment of the sense of self? And instead of just assuming, as we habitually do, we assume, we, we, through habit, essentially, we have, yep, that's me. Yep, I own that. Yep, that's who I am. Yep, this is happening to me. Yep, this, I'm making this choice. Without even looking at the belief that underlies it. Essentially, the sense of self is a very pervasive belief. And so what I'd like to explore, or ask you to explore, is around that belief. What, what is it that I believe to be self? 
So I want to take some time, leave some time for some questions or comments here. I haven't been able to do that in many of these sessions. So, yeah, um, and there's the mic. Why don't you use the mic? Well, when I think of uh, self, I guess the two things that immediately come to mind are memory and motivations. Uh, the fact that there's something that I wish for uh, and the fact that, that it's, it's uh, a sense of my own past. Yes, and that's, that's a common thing is the sense of some kind of continuity right. of life. right? But then if I were to lose a memory of some kind, uh, as often... Uh, as is, is this happening uh, with my parents, uh, or if I were to, if a wish were later seen to be an illusory wish, then I guess in a sense myself is changing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's that's what we're pointing to or here is that, that the entire the entire process of what we take to be self is a process, not a thing, and so it's a misattribution of thingness that is, is helpful to begin to see through. Okay. Yeah, so, so and, that, and, and we can do this some through reflection. So, you know, again, this is kind of reflection that you're pointing to. It's like, yeah, I do take the sense of continuity. Like, I'm the one who remembers. I'm the one who remembers what happened to me on the pr- playground when I was six years old. You know, and, and that shaped me. You know, there was something about those experiences of kids on the playground that shaped who I am today. You know, so there's, there's a feeling of that continuity. And the fact that I can remember that means I'm here. You know, that's proof. <laughs> so, 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 you know, looking at what we take to be proof of I or me and then beginning to look at that, to question that. It, it seems that there, if you have a desire for something, there's one sense in which you want to own it, and yet there's another sense in which you want to be detached from it. Uh, it's sort of, uh, depending what you mean by those things. Um, and, and that's true. The sense of self comes into that wish to own or to be detached from. Yeah, I mean, a sense if I'm wanting something that I know I shouldn't have, there's one sense in which I want to own it in the sense of taking responsibility for it, and yet there's another sense in which I want to disown it in the sense of uh, figure out a way to not wish that if, <laughs> if, if, I'm, if I'm wishing something that I shouldn't. Anyone else have any comments? Yeah, yeah here. Okay, I like this talk very much. Um, but what is it that is aware that I like it? The I. So there's a, there's a process of awareness. There's a process of recognizing. All of those things come together. And in a way, be, it's like... In the, the aggregate of knowing. The aggregate of knowing. The aggregate of, of pleasant, unpleasant. The aggregate of of um, relationship to experience, of liking, of not liking. The mental formations. The mental formations. So is what I'm looking for, is the inquiry into what is not one of those five things? (laughs) Well, what we're looking into is what are we believing? I think what we look at is like, so I believe this 
the way, the way the Buddha points to it in this, in this pointing is what is it that you think of as self and look at, does it stand up under inquiry? What happens is the process of, of inquiry becomes, the question is, well, what is it that is inquiring? And trying to hold to that and then realizing holding to that is a, is an impediment and it, it becomes, um, it's so subtle. It's very subtle. Yeah, it's very subtle. <laughs> and so, so you know, it, uh, again, it's, it, it's often not so helpful to try to turn back. Um, I like to say, sometimes, sometimes people do, and there are whole spiritual traditions that use the question, who am I, as, a, as an investigation, and, and we can explore it in that way, in kind of a way. It's be like, well, what am I taking to be self right now? You know, in this moment, what am I taking to be self? And, and it may be that, that, that it kind of shifts. We begin to see that um, at first what I'm taking to be self is this body sitting here. And then it's, no, well, no, actually, now what I'm taking to be self is, is that I'm looking at this body sitting here. Well then, and then there's a curiosity. It's like, well, now what I'm taking is this curiosity about what is this thing looking at this mo- at this body, and so that becomes the sense of self. And and what we see through that process is that it's kind of it's either an endless regress, and there's no bottom to the whole thing, and it that itself begins to undermine the idea that there is a place to land. As Joseph Goldstein sometimes says, the not finding of the solidity, the not finding who I am, that is the finding. Okay, but in that is this rock-solid sense of I'mness. That's right, and that's, that is that, that sense right there that you just, you know, just explore that. What is that rock-solid sense? And is it as rock-solid as you think it is? <laughs> so what is the rock-solid sense? That, so, so, yeah, just... And, and it's, instead of trying to turn to look at it, it's more be in it. Feel in it. What is that rock-solid sense? I am. This is me. What, are, what, what is that rock it's, it's It's actually... Well, just explore. Explore what that is. It's, it, it's very subtle, and it can be attached to different aspects of our experience. So, yeah, I, mostly that's what I'm curious to, to have people do, is just explore that question. What, do you, what feels like the rock-solid, this is me? And then don't try to believe that it's not, but be curious about, uh, maybe hold the question, is it solid? Is it really solid? That was, a, that was a, a way in for me, too, is, is rather than trying to um, uh, poke into to say, this is not solid, it's to, say, to say, well, let me look at what does feel solid and begin to feel that. And, you know, often as I would explore it, it'd be kind of like, oh, well, oh, yeah, it does feel pretty solid. And then suddenly it'd be start being, well, there's pieces of it that don't feel so solid. Pieces of it that feel like it's just slippery. Oh, but this part feels solid. And, and so just be curious about what you, you're taking to be solid, that, that solid sense of self. And it's, it can be a lifetime investigation. And my hope is that there's curiosity and interest there. You don't even have to hold the idea of, I need to see through this. 
Just what is here that feels solid? And a curiosity about that. And it's time to stop. So, thank you. <laughs>